0: On um, this episode, we discuss sixty-five. Did it make us Smilodon or leave us Dino sour? <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's no Smilodons in the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to the Flop House. I'm Dancing Dan McCoy. I'm dancing to circus music for some reason. I was gonna say you dance to circus music. That's
0: fine. And who are you guys? Well, today I'm gonna be all business, boys. Stuart Wellington. No,
2: we're gonna we're not gonna get along. Then
0: you're you're too silly. I'm too business. And I'm reflecting on
2: my regrets, Elliot
1: Kalen. Oh, the things mm-hmm. I should have done differently. The doors so I just, should have opened and the ones I should have left closed. So you're You'll just playing your normal all. self. <laughs> then. Yeah, oh, yeah. Not that different from normal. That's 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 Elliot when he's in the shower and there's nothing to distract him from the horrible yeah. things that he wishes he hadn't done. And usually they're just embarrassing things. They're not that what, horrible.
0: What normally distracts you in the shower? Uh your wiener or <laughs> like uh your phone? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, oh, okay. yeah,
1: yeah, taking pictures of my wiener with my I, phone. I listen then my to, phone gets wrecked because of the water, and the pictures don't come out. Yeah. No, you got to put
0: it in a Ziploc baggie, idiot. No, that,
1: that's why I keep a Polaroid <laughs> camera in the shower with me, but I can't share those pictures with anybody yeah. on the internet because it's a Polaroid, you know?
2: I mean, I you have can a take a Bluetooth speaker that uh-huh. I, like, listen to music or podcasts in the shower frequently. Like, the problem, like, I I did re- realize, and I, I, I hesitate to reveal this on air, lest it encourage people to listen to less to less of our podcast which pays our bills uh-huh, yeah. but i found at a certain point that the incessant chatter of the modern world was actually killing me and so <laughs> i tried to cut back and have more sort of silence in my life uh mm. but you know yeah but i do like having having the, the speaker on so should to,
0: we just uh just sit here and not yeah oh, reflect well, reflect well, let's just exist hours. in
2: the moment yeah. you, you know, know what this is your meditation podcast, guys. Everyone who's listening, just uh, get ready for two hours of unmitigated silence. Mm. Welcome and to we all-
1: uh welcome to the Flophouse Meditation Podcast. Unfortunately, the soothing whale songs could not arrive today. The whales were double booked. So we do have soothing dolphin songs. <laughs> so just take a breathe in. <laughs> now just now just breathe out. Click 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 <laughs> click.
0: Elliot's <laughs> voice is reaching such high pitches that <laughs> Zoom is like, stop it. Cut yeah, your show. The, my <laughs> recording
1: device is, is, it has its hands out begging me to, to, to stop at the yeah. noises. Uh, uh, now, uh, silence, our- s- silence would be good since the movie we're talking about today has very little dialogue in
0: it. Uh, and it features one of the stars of the movie, Silence. <laughs> That's oh, <true>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good A Tyrannosaurus. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Okay. So uh, let me reset for uh, new listeners who are very confused and probably won't listen again. This is a podcast. No, not after
1: those dolphin sounds.
2: Where we watch a movie that is purported to be bad, either by critics or audiences. And then we talk about it. In this case, the movie was 65. Those are the numerals six and five. Second entry in
1: Numbers Month. Yeah. For for the record, this is a movie that Sammy Hagar can drive.
2: Oh, oh, nice, oh, nice! That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, as as Stuart points out, uh, of course we had eighty for Brady, <laughs> sixty five. We're going down. That's uh, right.
1: As we continue Numbers Month here on the Flop House, mm-hmm. we're doing numbers themed titles. M four
2: Y, yeah, May. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and uh, in this case yeah, we did 65 the movie about Adam Driver meeting dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> meeting is an interesting way to describe it.
0: Yeah, yeah, before we get into the 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 plot of this one, uh I remember when the trailer dropped online, my little mm-hmm. uh, film circle was very excited like Adam Driver's going to fight dinosaurs. Did mm. you see that trailer yet? It's produced by Sam Raimi. Yeah. Uh but I didn't actually I didn't see the trailer for a little bit and then all I remember of it was the the a shot later on where there's a T-Rex right behind Adam D.
2: Yeah, I gotta say that the trailer didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, as a as a trailer. Like, Adam Driver and Dinosaurs sounds appealing. But it it did a I feel lot like,
1: for you as a friend who helps you move?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. am I crazy? At this point in my life, I was more excited by the presence of Adam Driver than I was about the promise of dinosaurs.
1: Yes, and here's, an, this is, I kind of felt the same way and this is coming from a real hardcore dinosaur kid I love dinosaurs, always you, have since I was no a child. No offense,
0: you look like a dude who knows a fuckload about dinosaurs. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. Hey, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, I've, been, I've been binging a podcast called Terrible Lizards that's all about dinosaurs because I feel like I'm not up on the latest science and I really want to be because there's been, especially in the last 10, 15 years, there's been a lot of exciting discoveries in the world of mm-hmm. dinosaur paleontology. But I love dinosaurs. I'll never forget seeing Jurassic Park when it came out in theaters, I saw it twice within 12 hours or so yeah. because I just wanted, I it, it was so amazing to me to see real looking dinosaurs that looked alive. And I think I'm just, at this point, we've seen it. Like we've seen movies yeah. with dinosaurs. It's not a special thing anymore. And the way that they could have staked out a special territory is maybe if the dinosaurs in this were accurate to the latest science so they looked different or weird, but instead they're just kind of your average movie dinosaurs and they don't, and the dinosaurs in the movie act like horror monsters. Like, they don't act like animals.
2: Yeah. You know? Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it's even more beyond them just being, like, movie dinosaurs. They're, like, not particularly trying to be any actual dinosaurs that existed. I read a little bit about the production, and apparently it started out a lot more like what you were talking about, where like, let's make it really accurate. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, you know what, for the type of, like, this is their thinking. I don't know if they're right or wrong, but for the type of, like, stripped-down, simple action sci-fi story we're telling... It's better for us to just not care about it. And and I think if they had,
1: if they had taken that energy and invested it into like cool scenes or like Mm -hmm. new things that could happen with the characters, but it's uh, the movie itself feels so stripped down and so—I mean, spoiler alert—I guess we'll get into this more. It feels so stripped down and so generic and so kind of like blah, you know, like nothing. Mm -hmm. I like it. Just feels like a a very generic movie with generic dinosaurs, as opposed to like something. Cool and crazy with some new hot dinosaurs that I think are going to sound a little something like this.
0: Well, and it-
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're dolphin
2: dinosaurs. You know what? Here's the funny thing, Elliot is like I'm sure that you know. I mean, you're recording directly into your Zoom digital recorder. You know it as as we explained in the behind the scenes uh, to pull back the mini. Curtain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Your dolphin noises are blowing out the zoom, <laughs> yeah. thing. So yeah. whenever you do that, I just
0: see we see your... Dave, we see you smiling and doing a little things. <laughs> <laughs> which your I'm head not kicks against, back. We see I your mean,
2: uvula, you know, <laughs> the... yeah,
0: the uh... it's,
2: it's just like
1: in a, it's just like in a, the company documentary when he's singing "Being Alive" and it's such a beautiful song, but you can see straight down his throat because of the angle of the camera and you just see how how much the inside of a human mouth looks like gore-covered viscera and you're Uh like oh this is not the way Sondheim intended these lyrics to be taken with a sense of horror at what the interior of all humans no he did I have him right here (laughs) Uh, uh. (laughs) the yeah I mean the the well I've always loved puzzles Dan And the ultimate puzzle is how do you disassemble a human body? Oh no. god, no, Steven Sondheim, you are the Zodiac killer. There he is, the late
2: <laughs> Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible, uh, Dan. I've, Dan I've,
1: I've buried each piece of James Lepine somewhere in your apartment. You have to solve a
2: series of clues and second, riddles. I you were going to say that you buried each piece of James Lipton in my apartment, <laughs> <laughs> which also would have been appropriate to the theater, I suppose.
1: Yeah. yeah, somewhat, I
2: guess.
0: That's why there's. That's why Dan's apartment has a beating of a terrible heart. You know. <laughs> Uh, but you know what movie doesn't the, you know, have a terrible
1: heart? Like in that Bruce Springsteen song, there's mm-hmm. the beating mm-hmm. of a terrible heart. <laughs> we all hear that terrible heart. Yep.
0: So Here's this is the movie- beating
1: of a telltale heart. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> has a telltale heart.
0: So this movie is kind of sold on the promise that we have Adam Driver as yeah. a space traveler who lands on A Earth. space driver.
2: He drives mm-hmm. a spaceship. Yeah. Who lands on Earth 65- call him a space trucker, in fact. million years <laughs> no, ago. No, I wouldn't
1: call him that. He's more of a space airport shuttle driver because <laughs> yeah. he's just carrying human cargo. Yeah.
0: And he lands on Earth 65 million years ago, and there's dinosaurs there. And I feel like- that's the kind of premise that needs like a poster with like him in like like a painting with him in like a ripped spacesuit with like bulging muscles and like very like 70s paperback thriller. Mm, yeah. Which is one direction a you can go and
2: like a in a metal bikini clinging yes. to his leg as he stands on top of a pile of slaughtered dinos.
0: Yes. Uh, now that's, I mean, I feel like that's one direction they could have gone or they could have gone like hyper-realistic and I feel like they ended up somewhere kind of in the middle that just doesn't mm-hmm. Yeah, quite, and the direction they didn't take work.
1: was to have him face one direction on a prehistoric Earth. That's right, the world's fam- favorite non-Korean boy band finally against Adam <laughs> Driver mm-hmm. in prehistoric Earth. Now, and here's, yeah. I mean, my main issue with this is the movie, it kind of, it, it sets itself up for a fall right at the beginning because a lot of what you just described should be a surprise. We should assume that this movie is set in the future and that, and then it's a surprise when he lands on prehistoric Earth and we realize he's not from Earth actually. But the movie, as Stuart will tell us when he does the summary, the movie starts with text that gives that game away.
0: Okay. Pretty much. So we got we got some production logos, and specifically the final logo is from uh, is that TSG logo where a ancient Greek guy shoots an arrow through that's, a bunch that's of that's Odysseus axes.
1: that's Odysseus proving that he's Odysseus by pulling back the bow only Odysseus
2: I was not guy.
0: wrong by saying that you were right that was <laughs> ancient true. Greek that's very true I was like. Yes, he looks like some fucking dude's avatar on Twitter that has fucked up political views. Yeah, someone
1: who's like, yeah, I'm a Bronze Age pervert. Anyway, so here's my—anyway, everything was better back in the old days when things were terrible, you know. So that, yeah. so that logo that Because, of dissol- course, if we went back to that time, I'd be in the leadership position. There's no way that me, a moron, would ever—it would ever occur to me that I might be a slave in that time period or die for some reason. I, of course, yep. would be a philosopher king or perhaps a warrior king. There's uh-huh. no way. Yeah. There's no way I would be one of the many teeming thousands or millions Surf, who were just yeah. nobodies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I fuck that guy we charge. made up. <laughs>
0: yeah, this guy this guy we just made up. So, this, uh, I bring I mean, up the production. Unfortunately, logo. we made him up, but he's there's like, there's <laughs> he's like a, a lot of those, that guy. Character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this I bring up the production logo because it dissolves into a star field, and we're in mm-hmm. outer space. We uh, Odysseus we get, is returning to the stardust from which all humans were formed. Exactly. Uh, we get some uh, a text overlay on the screen that says, "Prior to the advent of mankind, in the infinity of space, other civilizations explored the heavens, and then we find planet Somaris." Which is a we only see a little bit of. uh, We see a beach and we see Adam Driver playing so Maris Mills. That's all I (laughs) can think of. (laughs) Yeah, it's a planet named after named after something (laughs) Frazier might have said. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 So uh, yeah, Adam Driver plays a character named Mills, and he is uh, he is spending some time with his sick daughter. Uh Naveen or Naveena, I don't I don't remember. And uh very
1: popular name these days. yeah. And
0: Naveen's mom, whose character name is Naveen's mom. And uh, uh it turns out-
1: her she's listed in the credits on, on Wikipedia as Ilya. Uh but I don't know think she's I don't know if she's ever named on screen. Is she no and on the credits just say Naveen's mom. Oh so, really? uh, so where yeah. is Wikipedia getting this getting this name from? And like I the novelization? I mean, Call up Alan Dean Foster. I Ask also know if he invented this name.
2: I know that um, there were a couple of very different cuts of this movie that were tested oh. out. Maybe they got it from an alternate version that got in a little more detail. Should have given That's us the prob- extra dino
0: possible. cut. I so- will say this:
1: that opening text, I love it. I love mm-hmm. it in a different movie. The idea that any anything that is saying before humans, the other 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 species explored the the infinite cosmos. I'm on board. But then when I find out that that other species is just like Adam Driver and his family and they hang out on, <laughs> yes. on the beach, I'm less interested, less They're hanging out on
0: a beach. They're explaining he, uh, Mills, is taking a, a new job. It requires him to go on an exploratory run for two years, but it's going to triple his salary because he needs that money to pay for his sick daughter's, uh, like, life-saving treatment, which right away, guys, I got to say, I'm like— Oh fuck this. Like yeah. Like in the in the infinite cosmos again we have what? Health insurance? Like what the fuck? Are <laughs> <laughs> like healthcare is tied in with our fucking employment again? Jesus Christ. Yeah, even wow. before
1: that. Well, that's the thing. God created that. Even before I, the advent of humanity, God created an employer-based health health insurance <laughs> system. Yeah.
0: And Still I like I like I like a blue collar like I like a blue collar sci-fi story. I love Aliens. I, I keep love telling you, Stars you the movie My blue collar is not a science fiction story It's set <laughs> in the in the 1970s. Sadly, it's very very real. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or like star, as I said, Stars Lies My Destination, the or, or like or like this whole the premise of the movie basically feels like a mix between like Dead Space and Turok: Dinosaur Hunter. Kind of. <laughs> See,
2: yeah. I I actually liked this because I found it pretty efficient in, like, getting me on board with these characters without being too, like— I mean, like, it was a very obvious, but it didn't feel, like, as clunky as a lot of movies handle this kind of material. I, and I then, would say—oh, sorry, you finish what you're saying then. I'll oh, just, to... like, I, I was more mad than later on, spoiler alert, like, we we learned that this daughter has, like, died— during his time in space, you know? And I found that kind of just sort of mean on the behalf of the movie in yeah, a weird way.
1: It is somewhat. I would say like a chat GPT written script, it is efficient, but soulless. Yeah. there is nothing, it is very efficient. It gets the information out of the way, but there yep. was nothing about it where I was like, oh, these characters feel alive. There's something about them that's interesting or unique. Yeah.
0: It just was like- but, And the the thing is, if wrote. you're going to introduce that kind of a thing where it's like, okay, even in this fantasy universe, capitalism is basically crushing us. Like if they, I mean, I feel like if they built into that and added more to that theme throughout the rest of the movie, I would have been like, okay, yeah, I'm into it. But it felt like it was like, just, as you said, just like churned out by a, like, let's get this out of the way. This makes sense. People will yeah. immediately understand. It. it looks like
1: someone was was selecting from a menu of options for reasons to care about a, a character. And they're like, oh, okay, sick kid. Great, we'll do
0: it. Yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, as I said, uh, ne- the next thing we see is sometime later, Mills is uh, sleeping on a spaceship. That spaceship goes through an, un- as of now, uncharted asteroid field, and he has to do some quick evasive maneuvers. Uh, they get uh, The ship gets damaged, and he has to crash land on a undocumented uh, planet. Uh, which you were about we will- to say space planet. Yes, yeah, space planet, <laughs> uh, which, of course, we will later find out is Earth. Um, and he manages to uh, send out a distress signal at the last minute, giving their coordinates. Ship has crashed in a swamp. He's been injured. Half the ship is missing. The cryo units are damaged, um, and it seems like he's the only survivor. Yeah, and so I, I have to
2: wonder, like, is this the exploratory mission he was talking about earlier? Because like, this seems like maybe we've jumped ahead and this is a different mission because like why is there a bunch of cryo people that he's shuttling somewhere I think when
1: he said I, well he is bringing colonists to a mm-hmm. to a colony so i think yeah. that's when he I, if they refer to it as an exploratory mission earlier it's a it's a, it's a unfortunately confusing way to yeah. describe it i think i'm not sure if he is looking for a for a, a habitable planet for them or if they know the place they're going to, and he's dropping them off. But that's. Right. I, but this is that mission. I don't think he was
2: like, "Yeah, yeah okay. I'm on this
1: two year mission." Anyway, uh, I took another job while I what <laughs> right after I finished. You know, I think it's a. This is supposed to be that mission. If it's not supposed to be that mission, then it's a crazy
0: way to write a movie. It's a yeah. uh, weird, extra weird setup. So he like he tries to record another log or another distress signal, giving an update as to his situation. But he doesn't have the heart. He contemplates suicide, but the memory of his daughter is what keeps him going, uh, mm-hmm. staves off that impulse. So he treks through the swamp. We have like some sinister creatures in the background, but nothing particular, just an overwhelming sense of dread. There's Does dead it, bodies. This thing happens
1: where he's like wading through a swamp and there's like some kind of sea serpent that rises, that is like breaking the surface of the water around him, but he doesn't notice and doesn't Again. interact with
0: him. Perfect for a 70s paperback uh, (laughs) sci-fi novel cover. Yep. He he finds one of the, uh, all the other cryo units are damaged. uh, Everybody else seems dead, but he does find one cryo unit with a survivor in it, a young girl that we'll learn is named Koa, uh, who he rescues and takes back to the crash site. But on his way back, he finds a massive footprint that looks just like a Tyrannosaurus Rex's footprint. And we hear dinosaur roars, and then boom, 17 minutes in it, (laughs) Title, baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 65 on the screen. And it says with the text 65 million years ago, a visitor crash landed on. Earth and we see they're on Earth, baby. You know what? Which I is mean,
1: which seems like a perfect way to reveal that information. If you hadn't already set up that they were not from well, Earth, well, I mean, beginning. they
2: know. The, here's the fucking thing: like, no movie can have a surprise anymore. The way no, things are marketed, well, this thing, like the Barbarian, had a surprise the, the twist dance. was revealed <laughs> yeah. in all but, of the good ads. point. Good point, Barbara.
1: Well, but but even then, if on the even if on the first release, a lot of that stuff. And I, I know I'm usually a fan also of like. Why are you hiding the monster so much? Like, we're going to see it on the poster. You know, why are you doing this? What, why? Like with critters, why are we're you gonna pretending we're not going to see what a critter is? But yeah. the, the rebuttal to my own complaint from that and this is that like this movie – if you believe in this movie, it's going to have a life long past the original release. And it's going to be seen by many people who haven't seen the trailer and you like the fact – I mean at this point – Everyone knows the end of *Planet of the Apes*, and when they release it on on DVD, they have the Statue of Liberty scene on the cover of the DVD. But like, you st- at least when you're making the movie, ma- bring us into that story as if you know the sto- and, We don't Elliot, know the story. You
2: know. I'm not arguing against you in a perfect world. I just know the world we live in, where this is all going to be revealed. Would I, lo- I? I would love more movies where I end up being surprised because everything isn't revealed immediately and I don't know exactly what it is before I walk into the theater and I say this as a person who likes to read things about movies ahead of time but I try and skip over anything that I think is actually gonna to spoil any like plot details but I mean but I just know that they know that this is gonna happen unfortunately in that
1: case then they should go the other way and like just not worry about a twist like at the beginning just be like Welcome to Gleep Zorp. I'm a, I'm, my name's, my name's Grinkagronk, gronk and we're all aliens. Oh, mm-hmm. we've got to go, but don't crash land on Earth. Yeah, the monster planet? Why would I yep. go there? It's full of yep. lizard monsters. Now, and then, you make oh a good- no, oh shit, we're on the lizard monster planet. Oh damn it. <laughs> oh God, this is, no one ever comes back from yeah, here. Yeah, this you is, is make a good point,
2: Elliot, yeah. which is this movie should have been called Gleep Glorp <laughs> and Glissazonk's Big Adventure on the on lizard the mon- planet. On the lizard monster <laughs> planet. Again, yeah. I'd yeah. be super into
0: it. So he, uh, he, he starts, he's exploring his surroundings. He's looking for the uh, the back half of the crash shuttle because that has the escape shuttle a t- part of it, and he's hoping that will let him get off this fucking planet. Uh, meanwhile, he uh, finds a bunch of dino bones and claws right by a geyser. Uh, and the geyser almost roasts him, but he survives and catalogs this dangerous terrain feature for later use. <laughs> Can I <laughs> it's Chekhov's geyser. <laughs> Real quick, I got to say on the subject of geysers. Okay, on a, recently uh, on Law and Order. On the recently on, uh, yeah, <laughs> recently on Law and Order, Stabler had to go undercover because there was somebody using As a, a gay dating app. Guys, if you're going to keep interrupting me, <laughs> I'm going to go longer. Uh, <laughs> so no, we know, good point. we understand good point. how it so yeah. works. Stabler, played by Christopher Maloney, is on this show called Law and Order. Okay, are okay. you following me? Okay, so he's. Uh, and Wait, he you're has asking me questions, the first but you don't want us to interrupt. Yep, he is. Uh, he is in the show Law and Order, where he plays a detective, and his character's name is Stabler. And he has to go undercover on a gay this is dating app. Christopher Maloney
1: from Wet Hot American Summer.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. and he has okay. to go undercover on a gay dating app because somebody's been using that to commit crimes. So, of course, there's jokes about, like, Christopher Maloney being like, wait, am I a daddy? And it's like, duh, no shit, you're a daddy. <laughs> yeah, you're you a daddy on Post. Tucci. <laughs> So the, the thing is that uh, that dating app on the show is called Geyser, G-U-Y-S-E-R. Mm, and I got to say, that's a good that name. is fucking incredible, and that's the reason why writers deserve... Fair pay. Thank you. No machine no, is going to think of, of, of something that beautiful. Yeah, Stuart, we shouldn't in have interrupted. Way. We didn't know you were doing, you were being, Think s- of the solidarity. imagery that a dating app called Geyser uh, creates in your mind. Yeah. Something spouting out uh, hot, Sure. Liquid all over everything. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: and <laughs> everything. the tagline's like, you're going to explode. I don't want yeah, that. Or like, or like, you know, perfect. Or, or like, explode on you or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love it so much. Yeah, uh, okay. Can I, sorry. As a great name for that. All the writers, the writers for Law and Order should get should win like 100 <laughs> Emmys just, just for that.
2: As long as we're talking about things related to the landscape, uh, something a little less uh, jizz oriented. Um, Is that possible? I just wanted to say that I mean, Pardon according me. to this it's one, part of the natural
1: uh, world, guys. <laughs> according to this one, James Tiptree story, all of humanity is just basically sperm carriers for a for mm. a larger organism that reproduces by having us colonize the universe uh, until we encounter specific plants.
2: <laughs> That's a really cool Very idea. uh cogent and it's relevant. a great story.
1: It's a great um, short story.
2: No, I I just wanted to say that I texted Elliot and Stuart this, but I want to say on air. I will give the movie this in terms of like. I saw the trailer and I was like, this is going to look like every other sort of mid-budget, which now in the era era of only blockbusters means low budget. It feels like uh, action science fiction movie. It's going to look too, like, grimy and gritty. It's going to look too digital. And I have to say that this movie, I feel like, looks pretty good. Like, there are some sort of gray times, but that's connected to, like... If it's raining or foggy, like, Mm -hmm. and then there's some sunny times too. My mother always told me legends of the gray
0: times. When the old world dies, yeah, it's when Liam Neeson fights fucking wolves. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you get scenes yeah, that yeah, are
1: Liam Neeson's. He's just at he's just at his kids' parent teacher meeting, and some wolves walk <laughs> in this. Ugh! Another great time. Oh, okay. okay, just straps the mini bottles to his fingers and goes hog wild on them.
2: Like the movie is atmospheric, but you also get things that are like full sun, and it seems like for the most part, what they did was they found real locations, and then they're augmented by. Digital stuff, obviously, but but a lot of it Mm -hmm. is shot in in an actual place rather than just on a soundstage somewhere, and I appreciated that. Yeah, I will I will give it
1: credit on the low bar of it it clearly showing us a real location. I wish something more interesting was happening in that location.
0: Yeah, no, no, sure, sure, sure. Considering that
1: again, we're dealing with the premise of space traveler fights dinosaurs.
0: Okay, so he uh, Mills sees a reflection of something metallic on a nearby mountain, and his little scanner thing he informs see, he him. He sees his reflection in a snow-covered hill with a landslide mm-hmm. coming down. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he realize uh, he finds out that that's where the escape shuttle is. It's a mere fifteen kilometers away. He's gonna have to get his ass over there. Did but it bother he can you?
1: Does it all? That they, they use kilometers in this alien race, or it's just that they translated all of his language into English, so why not?
2: I find that if I start worrying about that sort of thing, I go insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I would you worry have about preferred, like uh, distance lings or— mm-hmm. uh, I mean, even if they had
1: said, like, clicks?
0: Space units?
1: Yeah, you know, like oh, Yeah, I mean, space it's... miles. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is 15 space miles Smiles. away. <laughs> 15 <laughs> smiles away. <laughs> uh,
0: but before he can head, before he can head Everybody to that crash, to
2: himself, which of course stands for space miles,
0: <laughs> before he can head to that crash, he gets attacked by a very small dinosaur and he bludgeons it to death, assuming it's some kind of alien or something. I guess.
1: <laughs> well,
0: I mean, assuming it was trying to kill.
1: <laughs> it was trying to attack. This dinosaur also jumps out of nowhere. It's a very, yeah. it's a very funny yeah, moment yeah, yeah. of a giant dinosaur just leaping out of.
0: Yeah, he's like at the t- mm, this top, big kid ca- this can of peanuts. Let me open what <laughs> A dinosaur. <laughs>
2: also, also, unfortunately, guys, because Adam Driver bludgeoned that dinosaur, my grandfather doesn't exist. So, I only have oh, oh, no. this with you. A real yeah. sound
0: of thunder. Yeah, the, 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 the
1: classic story is sound of bludgeoning. <laughs>
0: uh, so, Koa, the young girl, uh, the survivor, wakes up and follows him and they find the carcass of a big dinosaur. Turns out that she doesn't speak uh, the same language as Mills and so they have some trouble communicating but he explains that they need to get to this crash uh, crash site. He makes like a little diorama or a display or drawing using uh, red dust or spice or something. He draws and he in, <laughs> in red dust, a reference, of course, li- to
1: the safari movie, Red Dust.
0: And he lies to her, or Dust Devil. Uh, he lies to her uh, and says that her family's up there, though he knows full well that her family is most likely dead. Um, you know what? I so, shouldn't call Red Dust a safari movie. It takes place in a jungle, but it's not a safari necessarily. Thank you, Elliot. because they you in
1: because they're in, they're in uh, French Indochina. It's they're mm-hmm. not in Africa, so I, I apologize. It's a it's a reference to the uh, to the jungle movie Red Dust.
0: So they're hiking cross country, <laughs> trying to avoid uh, the notice of predators. They bond a little over poisonous berries. Uh, giant bugs and they rescue a baby dino from a tar pit only to watch it get torn <laughs> apart by a bunch of other little dinos. Yeah. That was,
1: yeah. That was, that that was, was a kind real, of a real sad moment when they're like we saved it. Ah!
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I was surprised the movie was that mean because you know honestly like the thing about this movie is a lot of it feels like it could just be like, this would be a good movie for older kids, I feel like. Yeah. You know? Like, this yeah. feels like a young adult adventure. It's very confined. It's, you Perfect know, a story between ones. a kid I and mean, it does and
1: feel a like a movie adaptation of a choose-your-own-adventure novel.
0: Yeah. For sure. again, I think, and, like, would, again, this, like, has all the beats of a, like, a survival horror game. I think—you yeah.
1: know what? This would be—you're right. This would be a good entry-level, like, if you want to show, like, a 10- or 11-year-old, if you're interested in the idea of, like, science fiction adventure movies— and they haven't seen this kind of story before, and there's nothing particularly
0: scary or too violent or you know offensive in yeah. it or something like that. Yeah. So he uh, he ends up losing uh, his signal, so he has to climb a tree to get a better better signal on the escape craft, only to fall and dislocate his shoulder. That was foolish uh, of him. KoA mm-hmm. has that, to help that, him pop it back into into place just in time to start blasting an ambush from a bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> that that
1: fall, not to not to bring in a, a frame of reference that Stuart doesn't understand, but that fall reminded me of when you're playing a Dungeons & Dragons game, and it's like, oh yeah, I just have to hop across this thing. Okay, roll like a two dexterity, and you roll a one, and it's like, oh, you fell in and broke your neck.
0: Like it's something that should be a very easy (laughs) roll and it it
1: destroys you, yeah. Well, he
0: got ants on his hand. (laughs) (laughs) He had ants on his hand and he fell. So he dislocates his shoulder and these like dinosaurs start getting ready to pounce out of the mist. And he's Mm -hmm. like, okay, step on my hand. And then they pop it back in just in time for him to like, it's like one smooth motion. Pop shoulder back in. Gun stock goes to shoulder, and he starts blasting. And I kind of like the like sound of the pulse rifle here, the like sound effect yeah. of it. Sure, um, yeah. And this is like this is what the, tri- the IMDb it's like trivia the first for action this action scene in the movie
2: movie uh, said something like, "This is the only movie where Adam Driver uh, Marine has been able to use his some of his weapons training." <laughs> I'm like. It can't be true. <laughs> I, there's,
1: there's no way the Marines didn't teach him how to punch walls like he does yeah, in the yeah. In, in story, yeah. Story,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, that level of, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Um, okay. <laughs> this is how a Marine wins an argument. Semper <laughs> Fi, hit the wall. Uh,
2: okay, so. Uh, there's going to be two hits. Me hitting the wall <laughs> and me, I guess, hitting the floor because I fainted because of the pain of hitting the wall. Yeah, they're like. So
0: he blasts like, uh, these uh, dinos. They,
1: they go, the Marine driver, this is where we're going to teach you how to treat a puppet of a little girl as if it was a real little girl. You don't think you're going to use this training, but you will. And when he's on the set of Annette, he was like, all my Marines training is finally coming coming in handy. I never
0: thought I'd use it, but now I am.
2: Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Stuart. There's a little plot. We'll still get through it.
0: You, yeah. I no, see. I was kind of worried because we haven't even made a single joke about the fact that, like, do you think there was ever a point where Adam Driver was like, you could shrink me down and I could be a mini driver, and they're like, we're not legally allowed to do that. We can't call you mini driver. There's a <laughs> well, human they, you, being called that. What
1: if you de-aged me into a baby driver? Again, we can't. We can't do that. Not
0: allowed to do that.
2: <laughs> what if you killed everyone else named Driver, so now I'm... The driver.
0: <laughs> Again, that sounds
1: even less legal even than us more. infringing on the copyrights. An actual murderer. <laughs> well, what if you wrote a book about me and I was a paperback driver? That song is called Paperback Writer, Adam Driver. <laughs> it's not called Paperback Driver. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it, oh yeah, now this, the song makes more sense to me now because I was like, how can you be a paperback driver? I don't know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't like, but what about rhyme. when I hit that wall? When Accidents I hit that wall, would you call me Drive
0: Angry? And they're like, "Well, that's not your name." <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Well, what if I, what if I was real long and full of water, and I was the Mississippi Driver? Again, that's River Mississippi River. It's a different word. It doesn't rhyme. It's it doesn't rhyme. It has a lot of the same letters. <laughs> it's all the same letters except for one. That's true. Yeah. So and, now, the, and then he goes into his tight five about the letter D. You ever notice how the letter D changes the pronunciation of I if you stick it on top of river? What's that all about? Who made those rules? Excuse me, Mister Alphabet. Can you explain this to me? Oh, yeah, uh, D has magic powers. Sure, it does. I'm like, where anyway. do you get that?
0: Where do you find that brick wall to stand? No, <laughs> it's amazing. In,
1: an, in a prehistoric world, this is from Suddenly
0: Adam Driver's
2: Adam Driver's Comedy Central roast of the alphabet. He's wearing a blazer, but he has a T-shirt under it. <laughs> yeah, it's Surely amazing. not. He's um, and all the are those anyway, let me,
1: Kirkland brand <laughs> jeans he's wearing? <laughs> let me do my impression of Q. Uh, 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 I'm scared. You will you keep me company? I don't want to start the letter without your help.
0: Is that Q from Star Trek? He's <laughs> <I> doing. <don't. laughs>
2: is, is it James Bond Q? <laughs> here's,
0: so, anyway, here's
1: here's my impression of X. Guys, I almost never get to start a word. It's not fair. Versus oh.
0: Sever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> X23? But she's just a little
1: girl. She's just a little
0: girl Wolverine. <laughs> so, speaking of little girls, this one little girl goes running away from the dinosaurs, ends up <laughs> on a segue. beach with other dinosaurs, and Let these nasty segue. dino guys are uh, chasing her and they're about to get her. But at the last minute, that's right, Adam Driver shows up and scares them off, saving her. However, she's a little bit traumatized, so they have to play a little whistle game to uh, <laughs> calm mm-hmm. down.
1: Yep, because that's when his dad's skills they come have into a- play. Much as in Guardians
0: of the Galaxy Volume 3, the real superpower is fatherhood. It's <laughs> being yeah, a dad. They have a yeah. little whistle stop. So they make camp in a little cave. Uh, they make camp in a little cave, and while they're sleeping, a little bug crawls into Koa's mouth, and Adam oh, Driver no. has to blow it up. It's pretty. Gr- it's kind of gross. Yeah, it's um, a little gross. It's not as gross as the similar scene in uh, the Sisters
1: Brothers, which is a grotesque scene about about uh, what a spider biting him while he's oh sleeping dear, I in the haven't middle seen of night. It. I heard. Good oh, thing. I haven't seen that. Oh, sounds, it's a good movie. He, that sounds uh, gross. Where does it bite him? It bites him. I think on the face, and his face it like like blows up really gross. Anyway, oh, that's horrible. Yeah.
0: So, uh, it's a, but they're it's a like, movie. their proximity alarm goes off and they are like, uh-oh, is it another bug crawling into our mouths? But nope, <laughs> it's a T-Rex. A Tyrannosaurus shows up right behind them in a fairly effective like surprise shot. So effective, they yeah. have to use it in the trailer. So he turns around and blasts it with his pulse <laughs> rifle, Um, but is not able to- We don't to. want to use
1: it in the trailer, but we have to. It's just too damn effective.
0: <laughs> so they're they're kind of forced deeper into, ca- into the cave because his pulse rifle is not enough. And don't worry, We're going to see more of this treacherous Tyrannosaur later in the movie. Uh, So they're wandering through the caves. Yep, they're wandering through the caves. They uh, eventually get stuck and they have to start blasting their way through using little grenades. That causes a cave in and separates them. And Adam Driver has to go back the way he came. Adam Driver, of course, playing the character Mills, not playing himself. That would be weird. (laughs) Oh, right, sure. So Mills (laughs) has to make his way back. He gets jumped by another sneaky dino and they have a little fight in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and he uses he uses the uh he uses the little uh the uh, like sonar feature of his his scanner thing to distract it before he blasts it. So he's kind of yeah. using all his equipment pretty well here.
1: Oh yeah, that's the marine training. You got you know everything you have can be used as a weapon if you need to. It's very uh,
2: uh resourceful. Gets- I will say that like yeah, this is like he has us you know these all these weapons that Wonderful he uses. Wonderful toys. Not <laughs> Where does he get them? Well, I mean like I think oh, that, right, that is a planet. place where this movie falls down. Just as the movie Cowboys versus Aliens. I believe it's called know,
1: Cowboys and Aliens.
2: Cowboys and Aliens, sorry. We don't, you don't know
1: until you watch the movie whether they're going to fight or not. <laughs> they're maybe maybe they're just hanging out. Yeah. Maybe they're just hanging
0: out <laughs> on <out> a <of> dude <laughs> ranch. Maybe
1: they're dating. Who knows?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Much like that fails to deliver it's on like the promise of like, oh man, what if Cowboys and Aliens? What if? <laughs> 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 like this doesn't quite deliver on like, I think that the idea is Okay, obviously—
0: Obviously, shout out to Fred Van Lente, who wrote the original, I think, the original treatment for Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Obvious,
1: realize that. Yeah. Oh, I bet it was better than the movie. Fred Van is great.
2: And a a, 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 and a regular Adam Driver, just, you know, your uh, run-of-the-mill not Adam a baby, Driver not that you might find in not, any not, Hollywood yeah, not today. A, not a dark side Jedi, Just a, yeah. just, a, just, just a a just a person. Yeah, he would not fare well against uh, a jungle full of dinos.
1: You're saying like a lucky Logan Adam Driver would not fare well yes. against a dinosaur jungle. But yeah, this probably. is one that has. He'd be trying a bunch to drive of, one, ironically,
2: because he's yeah. driving in that movie. Yeah, yep. this guy's got a bunch of space stuff. You yep. know, he's got space. <laughs> stuff. So it's like yep. a predator. I mean, we're all made of space stuff. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> yeah, Sandler. but yeah, but no, you know what I'm saying. What I'm trying to get to is like the the fun, trashy version of this would be would lean a lot more on like. Okay, how is a spaceman with his like space technology going to take on these, you know, primitive but dangerous and large and all over I feel like monsters?
1: Kind of this, like a predator. Has, yeah, yeah, or like he has a gun that shoots like circular saw blades or something, so he's like chopping yeah. the heads it's off of dinosaurs. Awesome. <laughs> It'd be
2: cool, right?
0: It's fucking awesome. Yeah,
2: I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, yeah, like it falls victim to shuriken
0: be. like he's a fucking Eldar guardian. Yeah, neither yeah,
2: exactly. Neither I know what you're f- talking about. Dan, <laughs> is it clear that I don't know what he's talking about? Uh, yeah, no, it is. No, but it falls victim to the neither fish nor fowl thing that Stuart's talking about where it's like— No, they're
1: dinosaurs. So they are fowl. <laughs> they're the ancestors of modern birds. You know, dinosaurs never went extinct, we'll Dan. See. They just evolved yeah, like- into birds.
2: It's kind of trying to do a serious version of the story, but, but yes. Spaceman versus dinosaur is inherently a little more— uh, pulpy than that well, wants and, to be. And I
1: think the serious version of this, it's weird, like they're trying to do an emotionally serious mm-hmm. version, like he's an emotionally tortured man, when it feels like the serious version do, of this- He he
0: hits at least one wall. Yes, yeah. he wall. does.
1: That's Well, that's in his contract. He's got to do it. The, uh, the serious version of this, walls. I feel like would be one that like takes the survival aspect of it that much yeah. more seriously, where it's really a man against nature story where you're taking the details seriously. And it doesn't quite do that either. And it's then there's trying, also
2: dinosaurs on top of it. And there's also
1: dinosaurs, yeah. And uh, But you're right. It doesn't. It do, clearly doesn't want to do the silly, pulpy version of it where he's just like, get extinct, and then like blows a Deinonychus' head off, which would be a crime. Deinonychus is the best dinosaur. Or but like then, mm. j-
0: jump kicks a brontosaurus' head right off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: man. If only, That's the Scott Adkins version of this <laughs> oh, That would be I fucking mean, sick.
2: It is kind of like a T-ball. <laughs> <laughs> just like a yeah. little bulb on the end he of it. Yeah, attached
1: a- that strongly. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, the oh, hard man. part is the jump. It still
1: but. has a second brain, right? Or a second heart no, it, or it, some shit? A, no, at best that's a nerve cluster. The it, The hard part is not <laughs> the best. knocking off the head. The hard part is the vertical leap to get to that level. He's going to have to jump <laughs> sure. kick off a tree or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Or you got to get a ramp. He'll just be in a tree and then sort of jumps down <laughs> While kicking, yeah, <laughs> or uh, maybe her, maybe oh, he just does oh. a, hes
1: standing on a branch and just does a spin kick and knocks that Dino's
0: head clean off.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, like like a. a- Ken-style, Ken-master-style hurricane kick. Yeah, and, then um, the d- and then the head flies across the horizon, <laughs> and it
1: lands in the lap of a dinosaur that's just waking up, and he looks down and screams <laughs> at the uh-huh. severed head that landed in his lap. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. or, it, or it lands right in a bathtub <laughs> where, like, a topless <laughs> dinosaur is taking a bath with its tits out, and I'm <laughs> like, what the hell?
1: Okay, that's interesting. That's, you're entering, like, kind of Howard
0: the Duckmore territory with Again. this one.
1: Ducks are... F- Ducks are birds. Neither are ducks or dinosaurs. Or that's dinosaurs my, that's,
2: are mammals, so they shouldn't have breasts.
1: It's interesting that, that dinosaurs evolved <laughs> non-milk producing features that look like human breasts. Well, really by do? convergent evolution. Dino, and we're not sure if those are air sacs that allow them to make loud noises for mating purposes or if there's a defense mechanism. Dinosaur breasts are still hard to understand because they don't
2: fossilize yeah. well. It's all soft
1: yeah.
0: tissue. Uh, so it's very yeah.
1: rare
2: that you get them fossilized. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One scientist who's like, I'd like to present my theory of dinosaurs. is just a bunch of slides that he's pointing to at the conference. They all have big Like
0: crude drawings that he's made that he's yeah. like, I'd yeah, like to draw say, your attention to the only evidence we have. Now they like called me mad.
1: A, but I'd like to posit a hypothetical situation in which I am having sex with these bi- bosomed dinosaurs. Allow me to click to the next slide. <laughs> when they See, the thing they
0: is use, that they're, they're going to old... be, I might not be big and strong, but they like me because I'm a little bit goofy. No, obviously this rendering <laughs> is not to laugh. scale. That's but, why they're uh... into me. <laughs> and, also, and also,
1: you know what? I, I attend to them. I'm not just about my pleasure. Yeah, I'm, I'm attending listener, to the yeah, dino's a pleasure. a really good listener. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <clears throat> and he's clearly got a great imagination. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. who is this guy? I don't know, but he's amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm putting the work in. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm sure, wooing them. And he's working on
0: himself a little bit, too.
1: I'm not just fucking these dinosaurs. I'm wooing them. because. A dino's brain is the largest erogenous zone, (laughs) and their brains are surprisingly small for the size of their bodies. But it's still Mm -hmm. a larger erogenous zone than, say, the dino clitoris, which is Mm -hmm. which is hard (laughs) to find even for me. A guy who that a guy who considers himself a dino feminist, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what street did we
2: drive down? We took a wrong turn along the way. Stuart.
0: Okay, well, Elliot's talking about this. <laughs> Meanwhile, Koa <laughs> manages to escape to the surface and she makes, uh, she uses a discarded dino talon. not
1: afraid to go there, <laughs> guys. Yeah,
0: you're right. Uh, yeah, I that's guess that's uh, no, 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 no. We shouldn't be Keep afraid. Keep up to date. Yeah, a lot of great um, discoveries you know. have been made, yeah. So Koa makes <laughs> uh, a paste of poisonous berries and smears them all over a discarded dino talon. Maybe that'll come up later. And then uh, outside of the caves, this is where we get the second real twist of the movie, guys. Mills checks his scanner and it reveals a previously mentioned uh, anomaly. We, The asteroid that ends up wiping out the dinosaurs is on a collision course with Earth. They got to get off this fucking planet. We have a ticking time. Uh, we have a ticking clock now, folks. Let's get out of here. They didn't just land on Earth 65 million years ago. They landed the day before the dinosaurs were wiped out. That yeah. is bad luck. It's bad yeah. timing. Yeah. Although I guess luck. it makes sense because that's why there's the asteroid field before. Yes. I, th- yeah. I think they would say
1: they would say that's why they crashed in the first place is because of the asteroids. But the fact that yeah. they were passing by Earth a couple days before the the uh, superior the life form that had ruled the planet for over a hundred million years is about to be wiped out, mm-hmm. leaving space for a little stinker known as humanity to evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just good. to I, The only way I would have liked it more, and maybe they are implying this, but not, is if it was their crash that sent the asteroid towards the Earth, and that they're like, it bounced off their spaceship oh, wow. towards the towards
2: yep. the planet,
0: and they're like, oopsie, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That <would> be zany. What a mix-up. Yep, it's uh, humanity's time to shine. So, uh, <laughs> Koa and Mills oh, are reunited. I am, wait, I am
1: glad of one thing. Okay, that I was worried that it was gonna be like, Oh no, the dinosaurs go extinct. Are they going to reveal that Adam Driver and Koa are the ancestors of all of humanity in mm-hmm. some kind yeah. of like forced Adam and Eve situation? I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Spoiler yeah, they, alert, they don't do that, which is they great. They don't do that. Not only would that really screw with the fossil record, but it would be, it's dumb. We've seen it before, you know. Uh-huh. I'm glad, thank you uh, for not doing that.
2: I want to say though, that if, if it was the movie you're, thinking of, you're talking about and the, they hit the asteroid into the earth, like I love how that flips the whole thing, where the dinos have a legit gripe against Adam Driver. Yep. Yeah, that's true. They have to their attack him. Entire species <laughs>
0: that he doomed yeah. them, and is trying to just dip out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oops, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> My he's, bad. Yeah, it is the ultimate hit and run, uh, mm. universal hit and run. Uh, he's just going to leave a note that's like, "Sorry, I destroyed your planet for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> let's classic. get our lawyers in touch." Rename now, the
0: movie "Bad Driver."
1: Now here's the better move. Here's the movie I want to see of that. They catch him. Uh. He gets taken to dino court to the to, uh, and put on trial for war crimes. They mm-hmm. sentence him to 65 million years in jail. And then humanity evolves and Adam Driver emerges from his cryo prison 65 million years later. That's why humanity has this warlike gene inside of us that causes us to fight our neighbors is because the guy who taught us all that. Destroyed the dinosaurs first, and he's, he's sense, and he's gone yeah. insane from his time in cryo
0: jail for sixty five million years. Okay, anyway, well, you, movie. you tm that shit right. Okay, so yeah, transcendental um, meditated. I will. So they they reunite. Koa kills a couple of little baby dinos, then saves Mills from some quicksand. They climb up the mountain. <laughs> they find the crash. The escape vessel is intact and working. They have the coordinates to connect with the rescue vessel, but then Koa realizes Mills had lied to her about her family being alive and at the crash site. So he like talks about his daughter or some shit and everything's fine <laughs> and they're okay. And by the way, the, the, he talks about his
2: daughter and I I tweeted about this and this was the the inspiration so for the
0: tweet. Yeah, you can go
2: back and be like, oh, now I know why. Yeah. Uh, in movies where- yeah, All the clues were there, Mr. Policeman. <clears throat> in, in the movies where there's like, a language barrier, I'm always annoyed at how at the moment that something really emotional and important needs to be imparted, seemingly that problem falls away, like seemingly the message the, well, gets the across stand,
1: there's one language we all speak, the language mm. of the human Esperanto heart. <laughs> and Esperanto, yeah, the <laughs> universal language I think it's a i mean she she saw the footage of uh of Adam driver's daughter that he keeps on his little like hologram cards that look for the life of me, like the little lenticular viewer that used to come with
0: Secret Wars superhero action figures. Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. Or or like those trading cards that had like dinosaurs wearing clothes and shit. Did you ever get those? Yes, yeah. Or Jesus
2: following you around the room.
1: Exactly. Uh, Please tell him to stop. I'm not going to convert. I appreciate it. I'm not not not
2: buying anything. I'm not going to... I'm just here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: When, depending on the way you look, when you go back and forth, it looks like his eyes are rolling the whole time. Yeah. You're like, calm down, buddy. Yeah, sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, we're doing the best, best we, need we need can. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: God, we're not all God's son, okay? And even you kind of fucked it up a little bit <laughs> when you were doing that job. So the, uh, uh, that you can pop those little things into the video toaster like she does and see the hologram projections. So mm. maybe she, see, she sees his emotions and kind of guesses, oh, he must be talking about this girl. No, but you're I right, know. You're like,
2: it's, it's just a thing that happens in movies that bothers me though, where it's just like, well, I guess everyone understands everyone now. But like it's true, I have it, no idea what she thinks he's actually saying.
1: <laughs> she thinks he's going, I'm so hungry.
0: Can we just go home?
1: I need a sandwich.
0: Yeah, it's um, like like when you bonk someone on the head with a coconut. You're like, you could have killed him. That's what Judd Apatow texted me. He's like, you could kill someone if you <laughs> hit him in the head with a coconut.
1: No, the, uh, it's, <laughs> it's also a war crime. It's something that that bothers me, and it shows you – But I, it's true. And it shows, but it shows you the power of storytelling is that if the story was told well and it was more interesting, you wouldn't notice. The same way that yeah. we mentioned Play of the Apes earlier – Charlton Heston must be the biggest moron in the world to not, or Taylor, his character, to not notice he's on Earth when every ape speaks perfect English to him. And it never occurs to him that, oh, yeah, these aliens on this other planet where apes evolved, they also evolved English. The same language I speak, like, that should tip him off. But the movie's so good. Every
0: single, like, dialectic uh, nuance. It's exactly the same. Yeah, they use
1: the same (laughs) slang. Like, but the movie just, like, is so well told that you have to watch it a couple times before that even really bothers you. To a certain extent, you know, yeah. whereas this, that stuff, that stuff a right Guys, pops we are right in out. the
0: home fucking street. Yeah, okay, okay. So they strap in, their shuttle gets hit by a chunk of asteroids, so they slide down a mountain. Uh oh. they're upside down. Yeah. They're upside down. And unfortunately, they also slide right into the path of an angry T Rex. Wait a minute. Two T-Rexes? There's two T-Rexes. Adam Driver's like, I'm going to start blasting them. (laughs) Yeah, the T stands
1: for twin. Twin Rexes. (laughs) His
0: his little blaster's out of ammo, so he has to lead them on a little chase. And the T-Rexes are like,
1: you did this. This is your fault. This is all because of you.
0: They trap him under a piece of wreckage and things are looking grim. Tyrannosaurus wreckage. So uh, Koa uses the little hologram player and plays a little hologram of his daughter to kind of lift his spirits and also to distract those dinos because one of them tries to bite his daughter hologram Mm -hmm. and he's like, fuck this. And his gun suddenly (laughs) starts to work and he fucking blasts one in the dome and kills it immediately. It is funny. It is funny. Perfect shot. We're familiar from movies
1: when a character sees a loved one threatened and gets berserker strength, but the idea that their gun was also like, we got to protect that girl. You don't
0: understand future guns, Elliot. Maybe they're powered by rage. And
1: it's not Uh, the future, Stuart. It's 65 million years ago. These are past guns, but maybe they are powered by rage. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, he then – the other T-Rex is mad about this whole thing, so it goes and attacks the shuttle putting it in the perfect position to launch. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. And then Adam T-Rex. Driver blasted a whole bunch and it collapsed and we're like, oh man, the nightmare's over. No, no, no. Way no. to thank
1: that T-Rex for saving you by blasting it to death. Come on, Adam Driver.
0: And no, 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 nightmare's not over because a third T Rex shows up, and you know which one it is. That's right, it's the sassy one that already <laughs> has gotten shot in the face <laughs> and does not like him. So he tries to lead it away so that Koa can escape.
1: <laughs> that T Rex shows up, hey, buddies, I'm I'm ready to join you for our picnic. And what the? They're, <laughs> what they're the? dead. <laughs> Who did this? And he sees Adam driving. So it's you. You asshole, you're back. And Adam Driver goes, feats don't fail me now.
0: So he goes running away. Dino chases him, and Adam Driver's like, haha, remember that geyser from earlier? You're about to get a faceful. Unfortunately, this T-Rex is way too smart for him and stops short before getting its face roasted off. Yeah. And it looks like it's curtains for mills. Unfortunately for the Dino, Koa runs up and stabs it right in the eyeball. Perfect shot. No scope. Right in the eyeball. <laughs> and it starts thrashing around right in the path of a geyser and gets mm-hmm. its face melted off. Gross.
2: Yeah. yeah. It, they it get looks, on the they get on the
0: so shuttle, like they a- fly away. What? There's this there was this uh maybe you guys
1: are familiar with the Dinosaur Attacks trading card series which was an 80s kind of sure. sequel to Mars Attacks where they were mm-hmm. like let's do the same thing with dinosaurs it super freaked me out when i was a kid it's so over the top gory and there's one where the dinosaurs are being sucked back in time and their skin is being pulled off oh, of them dear. and that's Lord. what this reminded me of yeah
0: nice that's pretty cool. So, yeah, That his series, face gets by the way, ends with off. the
1: scientists who saved the world going to hell for some reason, which is ruled by a satanic dinosaur. It doesn't really make any sense, <laughs> but it's a trading card series.
0: <laughs> oh, man, I wonder what pleasurable delights Satan oh, dinosaur man. can offer me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinsaurus is down there, yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, so they get back onto the shuttle and they fly away and they fly close enough to that asteroid to fucking wave at it as they fly (laughs)
1: past. (laughs) They go go ace those suckers. (laughs) Let's get out of
0: here. Uh, So they're up in the sky and then the uh, credits roll over footage of a scorched earth, which is followed by an ice age. Followed by regrowth and civilization, and then presumably John Hammond getting the idea for a sick ass theme park. Yeah, I, I <laughs> when we saw the
2: movie end with this sort of like the Earth, uh, you know, changing and new species, uh, like building, you know, humans. Yeah, building, yeah humans. Uh, so let's
1: not. Let's. It's, there's no surprise. It's Earth. Well, we know who like green, evolution. Who those like I, yeah. when
2: we see that happening, um, I really wanted it to end with like. Some human finding the remains of man animal rat
0: brains and being
2: like, What the hell is
1: this? (laughs) Like Like that, like that great Star Wars legend stories, story comic where uh, Indiana Jones finds the Millennium Falcon crashed in South America and Han Solo's skeleton is inside of it.
0: And he's like, You don't know, you're meeting yourself, Indy. But anyway, that's pretty cool. So, wait, so did they take Han Solo after he died Uh and Put him in the Millennium Falcon this was, this and like send was, him this out. Is,
1: this is no longer canon. This was written, this was published before the the newer movies. So at this mm. point, uh, uh,
0: but I I bet it could still work.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, like a Viking funeral. They they stuck his body back in <laughs> the Millennium Falcon and then set it on fire. They're like, and, and set sorry, off Lando,
0: space.
2: you don't you never get this. <laughs> 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 that was
1: I my mean, ship in and a
0: way we, that would be very funny.
1: <laughs> and as we know, there is fire in Star Wars space. We see a star destroyer on fire in. Return of the Jedi, right? So they could mm-hmm. do, they could give him a Viking funeral. I think yeah. In the there, story, there's
0: that. There's that stormtrooper who just lit a cigarette while he was standing outside <laughs> in outer space. Okay, let's. Yeah. Uh,
1: and in the in the story, I believe Indy is a, is investigating a, a Yeti type creature, and that turns out to be Chewbacca, who's just been living in the in the jungles there. If I'm remembering the story correctly.
0: No, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, it's so like that. D- do you want to? Go talk about that whole story, or <laughs> sure. Anyway,
1: it? so uh, exterior jungle.
0: No, no, no uh, wow, we're
1: scripting it out. No, you. Yeah. you uh, left so the what door do we do open. now, This and, is
2: when we do final judgments. Cool. Where they talk about this is a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie we kind of like. Um, why don't you guys go first this time? One of you. What do you think?
0: Okay, it feels like I'm about to step on a Dan landmine or a Dan mine. Um, so <laughs> I, I would say I wish that this movie had gone a little bit more in either direction. Like I wish it was a little bit either grittier or ideally a little like crazier and pulpier. Like I like it feels kind of joyless and I understand the motivation and I understand like the idea of like a serious portrayal of this, but like I kind of wish that there'd been maybe like a voiceover or a narration or some kind of like humor to it. Um, I don't know. Like I feel like it could have been I mean, it's because it's a movie about a spaceman class and dinos. Like, yeah. I would like it to be a li- I, I ideally would like it to be a little more fun.
1: I would. I I think I'm gonna jump on you about with that, or jump on your idea. I'm not gonna jump on you. That would be disrespectful. Um, it would be, like a, little, it'd be like a little <laughs> monkey from, uh, from from Raiders of the Lost Ark just being on you. Where we'd eventually, if I jumped Save on you, eventually, from dates. I guess, basically you, turn into Master Blaster is at that
2: point. Daddy, it's could technically be hopping on pop.
0: Yep.
1: That's true. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, it would be it would be not hop on pop so much as pop on hop uh, or a oh. pop hop on. I guess. Anyway, <laughs> you guys, uh, are you ready for that prequel they announced that tells the story about Pop from Hop on Pop before he became a pop? What, what no, was he man, like when he was a bachelor? He...
0: No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he can't stop popping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, once you pop, you can't stop. That's the thing. Mm. Uh, so it's law. I, well, I'm going to join Stuart. I'm going to I'm going to write a concurring opinion to Stuart's uh, opinion in the case of Flophouse v. 65, where. Okay. I wish that yeah, I wish the movie had been more fun, or I wish the movie had been more intense. I wish it had been more thrilling. I just wish the movie had been more on an emotional yeah. level yep. in terms of the story. I wish that the movie had. It feels like this is the most. It feels basic. It feels like the most normcore, basic bitch way to tell the story. And uh-huh. I wish they had just taken some more chances, either by mm. making it more extreme or more fun or anything like that.
2: You know. Yep. I am going to write the descent for this, but I'm going to. Be clear, it is not a scathing descent. It is a mild descent.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, I kind of like it, but only sort of on the sliding flophouse scale of movies that are so much more poorly made or ill-conceived. Uh, uh, I will define what I like about this movie sort of mostly in opposition to things I don't like about a lot of modern blockbusters. Like, I appreciate that in contrast to a lot of modern blockbusters, this felt very sort of uh, confined uh, for a fantastic story. It was human-scaled. I understood the emotions and the wants of everyone. <laughs> um, you know, like it, it. Like I said, a lot of it took place in um, real locations that got juiced by special effects rather than just sort of uh, a layer of digital sludge over Robert everything. Rodriguez-style
1: make it in your basement all on green screen.
2: Yeah, and you know, I like that they got Yeah, does take of, place
0: in the quantum realm.
2: A pair yeah. of good performers, Adam Driver, obviously very good. I also really thought that the the young actress who who played the Koa was it? Ariana
1: yep. Greenblatt, that's her name. Yeah, she was really they, good. She mm-hmm.
2: played uh, young Gamora in um Infinity War. So she's actually been around in big movies for a while now. She specializes in young, young young characters. But for how long? Only time will tell. (laughs) Probably not that much. Um, (laughs) Time will tell. The way Hollywood treats actresses, you're right, Dan.
1: In a couple years, she'll be playing moms, and then
2: it'll be 80 for Brady for her. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's these these people who made this movie, the uh, writing-directing team, were – the writers with John Krasinski on a Quiet Place that was their sort of like breakthrough into bigger mm. movies before so they that
0: made bad movies before.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not wild about a Quiet Place, but I think no, you're it is wild about Harry. A skillfully and Harry in
0: turn is wild
1: about
2: you. <laughs> I I don't love it. It is a skillfully made kind of starter level horror movie. I say with probably annoying condescension, but um, I I like that they. It seems like they came up in smaller horror movies, and mm-hmm. I feel like they still have that sort of instinct of, like, let's keep it tight. I, But that all said, it is a little more boring and basic than it should be. And, you know, for a 90-minute movie, I shouldn't get as, like, sleepy watching it as I do. But I did appreciate that it had qualities.
0: <laughs> we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll I mean, I do I don't think that th- this is a quality-free movie. Yeah.
1: No, but yeah. I think I think it is it is a it's it's not the highest recommendation when most of what you liked about it is in opposition to things that no, you no, don't like about other movies. Yeah, that's what like, I said.
2: But, uh, mild dissent.
1: Re- yeah, I mean this is a re- I I don't think it's a I think this is a I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a a frequent flop house rating and say if you're sick and this starts playing on TV in the afternoon, go ahead and watch it. You know why not? But it's not you're not gonna remember much about it afterwards, and not just because you're sick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it would fall into the, if we're using our categories, it would be like the mildest of bad bads for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it doesn't it doesn't rise the level of bad bad for me. It's it's like it doesn't fit quite into our criteria because it's. But again, that's it's a to me that's a mark against it is that like it just doesn't generate enough feeling in me yeah. to even want to give it that that rating. You know, it just kind well, of you know, is. And you know what. Maybe we should all just try to be, you know. Yeah,
0: live in the moment. Yeah, be if like that 65. moment is sixty-five million years ago. You know how you can
2: <laughs> live in the moment and uh, and generate feeling. Microdosing. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies liver, deliver liver. Liver. <laughs> Microdose Gummies are not you made were, of liver. Dan, you I want to make such- it. You're being Very so
1: masterful. Clear. I was so impressed, and then you tripped up over that one word. But yeah. thank you for making clear that microdose gummies are not made out of liver.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you, yeah. I think that they might even be uh, a vegan. Don't quote me on that. Um, look it up instead. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level do- doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And um, I don't think it's any... Secret that we're living through stressful times. Uh, like I said earlier, I think, during this show, if not the other one we recorded, I've been unplugging sometimes uh, just to you know quiet the noise. And another thing that helps uh, feel a little more chill, a little more optimistic about everything, is a microdose gummy uh, from Lumi Labs. And microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing, Uh, THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show's description. But again, that is microdose.com, code FLOP.
0: Have you ever fantasized about being trapped in a situation with a prehistoric predator? Well, you can. Just get a cat for your home. See, we're also sponsored by Smalls, and Smalls makes delicious cat food for those uh, voracious predators in your house. Uh, And Smalls is protein-packed cat food made from preservative-free ingredients, just like the stuff that you would find in your refrigerator if your refrigerator has fresh stuff. And it's delivered right to your door. Uh, Smalls works with cat nutritionists to create recipes that are exactly what your little guy craves and what their body needs. Thing is... My cats, they're annoying. I love them, though. (laughs) I will take a million bullets for them. I will be set on fire, but they are also annoying. And I want to try and keep them as alive and healthy as possible. And Smalls is a great way to do that. Uh, 78% of cat owners reported their cats had a shinier and softer fur after switching to Smalls. And 90% reported overall health improvements. Why don't you take care of that beautiful little kitty cat in your home? Uh, So... Higher quality ingredients mean a healthier and happier life for your kitty. So head to smalls.com slash flop and use promo code flop at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you're going to find, but you have to use our code flop for 50% off your first order. One last time. That's right. That's promo code flop for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping.
2: Uh, is there anything else anyone wants to plug
0: before we move on? See, the thing is the WGA is on strike right now. Oh, that's and true. And Elliot has something you would like to say about it.
1: That's very true. Uh, the WGA is on strike for uh, a number of different specific reasons. Uh, the WGA, of course, is can the you, Writers Guild of America. If
0: I was, If I was a fool,
1: okay, can uh-huh. you give me a quick summary of those? Sure. The Writers Guild of America, the union that Dan and I both belong to as members—me as a very active member, Dan as more of a you know give along, (laughs) go along kind of get along kind of guy—he'll he'll he'll Uh he'll take out his badge every now and then. Uh, We are on strike right now for a few different reasons. One is, uh, and they they all come down to basically uh, different ways that the studios that employ us, that buy our product, that distribute our product. Different ways that they are trying to either minimize the amount of writers that they can pay, minimize the amount of money they can pay those writers, and also try to eliminate the writers entirely. Here are the main things that we're trying to go after. One is something called mini rooms where an entire television season is broken and basically written by a small group of writers who then are often not involved in the production of the show, are paid very little for that amount of time. It's a short time period and are – they often don't get – the kinds of uh, residual payments that they deserve for the work on that series. What are residual payments? It should be that every time someone who owns a product that we have created uh, gets money from it, that we should also get a little bit of that money. It's what sustains us between jobs. It's what makes writing an actual career that you can live off of and not a series of gigs that you're lucky to get every now and then and you have to take vacation days off of your day job to do them. And if the bosses
0: are making money off of your work, you should be benefiting from your work. Exactly, because the bosses didn't create our work. We
1: created that work. They are merely exploiting our abilities, our labor, our imaginations. Uh, and It's almost is, like
0: the bosses need you more than you need the bosses.
1: Thank you, Stuart. That's a very good point. Unfortunately, the new streaming world that we exist in has taken those re- residual amounts, which I'll be very honest, residuals are often what get me from from, you know, month-to-month month or sometimes year-to-year year when, when work is not there. Uh, I've been receiving residuals uh, recently from SAG-AFTRA for a little bit of voiceover work I did in Housebroken in the first season, and it has really helped to patch up the holes in my finances right now, which I really appreciate. They are necessary, and it is not a matter of getting uh, paid more than once for the same work. It is a matter of, as Stuart said, when our bosses make money off our work, we should make money off our work, Unfortunately. In the streaming world, those residuals have sunk to next to nothing, in some cases, nothing. Uh, and they are not transparent about how much money they're making off of our work or how many people watch it even. And so it's hard to know what we're owed. And so that's the second big thing. The third big, and these are just the television writers are on strike for. Feature film writers are on strike also, and they have a slightly different set of issues, but related. They're all related to companies trying to weasel out of paying us what we're owed and what we deserve. The third thing, artificial intelligence. It's coming for everybody. It's coming for everyone's job, basically. And there is a vision that studio executives have of a world where computers write scripts and maybe they hire a person to do a little bit of tweaking on it to make it not feel like a computer wrote it. That's a world that we are trying to eliminate. The fact is the machines are rising right now and we've got to do what we can to make sure that creative work is done by humans. We are entering possibly a kind of brave dystopian world where not a brave, a cowardly dystopian world in which mainstream culture is just a matter of things being regurgitated based on computer algorithms, based on things that have already been made. And the fact is you cannot make a thing without human imagination being involved at this point in history. In you, this can't point get in a, you
0: certainly can't get a new thing. You can only get variations on something you've already had before. If someone
1: showed, there's this video that's been going around where it's like the Lord of the Rings in the style of Wes Anderson. And it's like, The person who used, I'm sure, multiple AI programs to make it, to put it together, did a very good job. It looks really good, and it's, you know, it's a funny idea. That is a book written by a person, put in the visual style of a director who's a person, then cast with the images of actors who are only – famous or beloved to us because they are people, because they have given us imaginative performances. It is a, an idea for that mashup that was come up with by a person, and the person had to use the program to make it. So even something like that, which is eventually a fan work that uses AI, still relies on so much of the work of human beings and cannot be done entirely by computers. So why are we striking? It is at a basic point to maintain the position of human beings in our creative culture and to maintain that creative work as work that people can afford to do for a living, and so you're like, yeah, you've made such a great case. This is amazing. I wasn't on board before. I, before I was a big fan of David Zaslav. I was like, why are they booing him at Boston <laughs> University? He's a great guy. I, yeah, wanna, I want Yeah, changing it to
2: Max is a good idea.
1: I want HBO to be devalued from a place that special TV shows and movies get made into just another place that can watch the the people who do uh, what house flipping and stuff like that, where they they they, they flip more houses anyway. Uh, which is not to say anything wrong against our uh, fellow. Uh, workers in the reality TV or unscripted nonfiction television production area. They are also writers and they deserve to be covered in the guild. But uh, that is to say, what can you do? Well, a lot of people want to come on the picket line and strike with us. That's great and you're welcome to do so. But what might be even more helpful at this point is if you could go to entertainmentcommunity.org and donate to the Entertainment Community Fund. It used to be called the Actors Fund. Now it's the Entertainment Community Fund. That's at entertainmentcommunity.org. Donate and choose to donate uh, to—designate that gift for supporting film and television professionals. That money will go not just to—it goes to anyone in the entertainment community who will need money right now. And that's not just writers. That's also support staff. That's technical crew. That's everybody whose work is suffering because the AMPTP, the American Motion Picture and Television Producers or whatever it's called, the Association of—I don't remember what it's called. Anyway, the AMPTP, because they will not pay writers what they deserve and they will not give us the respect and credit— or having built the business that they now make a lot of money off of. They could, they could end this tomorrow, but they aren't. And so if you can go to that place and help the people who will be suffering as a result, again, not just writers, but writer's assistants, script supervisors, people on crew, actors, anyone in the entertainment community, uh, this will help. They, they can reach out to that fund for help should they need it to get through this strike period.
2: Uh, and as you've brought this up, I just want to mention uh, a message from Leslie in Colorado who said, uh, I just donated to the Entertainment Community Fund and almost forgot that my company matches charitable donations one-to-one. Luckily, I did remember before donating, so I doubled the donation with their portion. Thought I'd bring it up in case other people have companies that do the same. More money from the man to help stick it to the man. So uh, That's just great. To pass Thank that you very much. Great. What,
1: what was her name again? Uh Leslie. Thank you, Leslie, or or his, Leslie, I don't know what you're- yep. Or there. Your, or there, I don't know yep. what your gender is, but, th- but I'm saying thank you. Why are you getting mad at me when I'm saying thank you? Oh, Leslie, let's patch <laughs> this up. We'll talk about uh, it off, off mic. Elliot, uh, I
2: think you're projecting.
1: Please take a, yeah, because I'm in the movies. Uh, it's a movie projector. Uh, please take a note from Leslie, and uh, if you want to support, if you want to show your support, if you want to contribute, this is a good way to do it. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. Any amount is helpful. That's money that uh, people in the entertainment industry who- will most likely have trouble paying their bills during this time, can turn to. So thank you very much for doing so. And thank you so much for, uh, I feel like this, what's different between, one of the things that's different between this and the last time the Writers Guild was on strike is that the public at large feels like it's on our side. The other unions are on our side, which is enormous. But it feels like everyone I know, like, gets it to a certain extent and supports us. And we really appreciate it. We really appreciate that the public understands this is a battle between workers and Bosses and the bosses can afford to take care of the workers, and they're refusing to. And people are taking the side of the workers, which is us. And I feel like everyone in every industry is going to have to start making these types of stands. And so to have your support now means uh, a lot to us, and you can count on our support later on when you have to do the same. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great, but have you considered something a little more unconventional?
2: Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds.
1: On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Jordan Cruciola, the host of Feeling Scene, where we talk about the movie characters that make us feel seen. And I'm the show's producer, Marissa. Jordan, you've interviewed so many directors, actors, writers, film critics, and I like to play this little game
0: where I take a sip of coffee every time someone says, that's such a great question. That's such a fabulous question. Or they tell you how smart you are.
2: I think that you are rather brilliant.
0: And of course, the big one is... When, when they, they cry, cry unexpectedly. Unexpectedly, yes, yes. Jordan, I don't want to
2: cry on your podcast.
0: I wasn't expecting to <laughs> cry. I mean, it makes me kind of want to cry. Ah. Feeling Seen comes out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Listen already. What are you waiting for? Jordan,
1: that's such a great question. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's move on to letters from listeners. This letter begins thusly and then continues, as I will say. <laughs>
1: well. Thank Victor. you for being so comprehensive. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> yes. Victor E. Bull here. While listening to the delightful Numania Mini, I was delighted to hear my brother in Buffalo College mascots, Petey the Griffin of Canisius College, mentioned. This name drop was exciting both as a mascot and as a proud Buffalonian. I have one question for you all. If you could be any mascot, real or fictional, who would you choose to be? thanks for many years and hours of wonderful programming victor e bull really david last name withheld so um, you know i look I'm gonna say something. like everyone's got gritty fever i can't I can't say that I could be gritty. Gritty has a certain crazed party energy. you could
1: never pull it off no that
2: I couldn't but you no. but his his cousin, the Philly fanatic, I think has a whimsical, goofy quality that I enjoy and I'm drawn to, I, I think that would be
1: Now the idea that they're cousins, I, I, now I'm just imagining the Philly fanatic being woken up in the middle of the night and Gritty asking him to help him hide a gun somewhere <laughs> in his
0: house. <laughs> just hold on to this, hold on to this for a yeah, little yeah. bit.
2: <laughs> Put it in your nose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they can't look in there without a warrant. Oh man, uh, Fudgy the Whale is really cool. I <laughs> you know, was at a... Is that a mascot? I guess that's, that's kind Kinda. of a mascot. It's
1: a mascot for a for an ice cream company. Yeah. You know?
0: Green Giant has those big ass thighs. I like that. So I didn't yeah. know we could do corporate mascots. Yeah, if we could do I corporate just sports mascots, mascots. I do yeah.
2: like uh mostly because Thorough Ravenscroft voices I like Tony the Tiger. He seems sure, enthusiastic. Yeah. And he gets to actually enjoy the product rather than having it, you know, cruelly taken from him. Yeah, uh, like the Trix rabbit or yeah. the other or, number or of, Lucky
1: or- Yeah, I've always yeah. assumed also that- I always assumed uh, that Tony the Tiger was gay too. So that's an LGBTQ icon right there that you're- Yeah, that you're I think it's the
2: ASCOT that you're-
0: Yeah, that's 22. probably it. And there's also- um, I
2: feel like
1: there's a certain- it's gonna
0: say the fucking cookie crisp cop or some shit. And I'm like, what's no, wrong man, with no you, way. dude?
2: Cookie, no,
1: I want, I want distribution of those cookie crisps <laughs> to all, you know? I mean, with that dog and everything? No, thank you. Uh- the, I was going to say, I, when I was thinking of sports mascots, I was thinking, so there's a, there's a Twilight Zone episode about a robot that plays baseball, and there's a team called the Hoboken Zephyrs, uh, mm. and I always really loved that name, and I imagine their mascot was like some kind of personification of the wind, and so I was I was going to say that. But if it can be a
2: corporate mascot, then... Yeah, can um, I do
0: that little chuck wagon from the chuck wagon dog food where they, <laughs> oh, like, are away from- <laughs> Oh, you know yeah. who
2: I'd like to be? The LaChoy Dragon. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah,
1: cool, oh, sure. yeah. Can, can I be the Pringles guy? Just the guy on the pringles uh, can. Yeah. yeah yeah that's a fun he's,
0: one he's nasty <laughs> <laughs> he, he <laughs> is nasty look at his face. yeah look at him he's but he's also <laughs> just a
1: hard-working he immigrant i assume <laughs> yeah uh
2: this is also from a david or a dave in this case these are the daves i know and Sing one the song of them, yeah <laughs> these are the daves i know um this is from dave last name withheld who write who writes dear floppers I recently had a dream where I was hanging out with Dan and Stu. My brain must have admitted Elliot because he lives in L.A., although it seemed okay with the fact that I'm in North Carolina. But anyway. East Coast. Also, also present was Cameron Diaz. It was obvious Ms. Diaz was an old friend of theirs. because She lives she was, in L.A. too, I
0: think, though. So this—hold on a second. I feel like she's probably bi-coastal. Yeah,
2: yeah it, true. It, it was obvious Ms. Diaz was an old friend of theirs because she was about to tell an embarrassing story— one where Dan and Stu were doing the whole, oh no, don't you dare tell this thing while smiling because they know it's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Unfortunately, just before the story was told, my cat jumped on my bed to wake me up because it was eight ten and way past 8 a.m. kibble time. My question is, what are the things in art that you're most disappointed in not being able to consume? <laughs> Whether it's a show being unexpectedly canceled, a screenplay that never got filmed, music collaboration that was rumored but didn't happen, etc. thanks for all the laughs over the years. Dave last name withheld. Um, That's a good I'm one. sure I'll think of more uh, as we talk, but the one that first sprung to mind was something that has been mentioned on this show before, and I agree with Elliot that it probably wouldn't actually have been that great. but the um, the Billy Wilder Marx Brothers movie, mm-hmm. A Day at the United Nations. Sounds so tantalizing to me. I can't even imagine what it would be. And of course, I just want another Marx Brothers movie in the world. So that's one that springs to mind.
1: That's one that definitely came to my mind too, but I discarded it for that reason, is that I think there's comedy styles I don't think would have meshed particularly well. Yeah. And the only joke that Billy Wilder, as far as I know, ever like said that Heath was thinking of for an interview, uh, in an interview talking about it, was that like the Marx Brothers mix up the signs in For All the Countries. So like the Egyptian... and Delegate has says Israel in front of him, and like the Israeli de- delegate has you know another has has an Arab country in front, and I'm like, well, that's not that funny a joke. That, <laughs> yeah, that's not really that's that's much not really there. very good. Um, a bad so, prank. Uh, but there I-, I have a I I would say there is a movie that I that they started shooting and never finished that I want that I wish they had finished, which was uh, Joseph von Sternberg was directing an adaptation of I Claudius, starring Charles Lawton as Claudius. And there's very little footage that exists of it, and apparently Lawton was having a very hard time with his performance, and, the, and he and Sternberg didn't work well together. But I think it would have been so interesting to see how they would handle that story, which is such a, like, sadistic sexual element in it in a 1930s movie. And to see it in Joseph von Sternberg's style, which, like, if there's any movie that would have given me hope for it is it's his movie The Scarlet Empress, which is such a, like – beautifully like Baroque, strange movie for a Hollywood studio to make, but there's only a little bit of footage. It doesn't, the rest of it doesn't exist. But I had some other things I want to mention too, which is one, any of Franz Kafka's books, he didn't finish any of them. And the castle literally finishes mid, it ends mid sentence. So you don't even know where the scene is going. And I would have loved to have known where he was going to go with these things. And on the same level, back in the nineties, Marvel had this insert that was in a bunch of their comics where they were, hyping new projects they had coming up. And one was a Sauron prestige format series. And I was like, as a a young person, I always loved the character Sauron. He's a big Tyranodon man. And I was like, wait a minute, what possible story would justify like a prestige format series? Prestige format for non-comic book readers would mean like, instead of being stapled in the back, it would be like perfect bound. It would probably be on like better cover and and paper stock and like cost a little more. And it's like, what possible story about Sauron would justify this but it as far as I know I've never heard any detail about what that might have been and I wonder if it was literally just them being like we got to fill out this this insert with other things that we might we might have someday so make something up but I've always wondered what that was Stuart
0: yeah I mean I think uh I, I mean there's there's been so many like TV shows that have been canceled that I liked uh but i I feel like the project that uh I would I would be the most excited about even though I I have no idea if it would be any good. Is the uh, Guillermo del Toro Mountains of Madness um, mm-hmm. movie project that he uh, wanted wanted to do? I don't. I have no idea how far they even got. Like, I mean, I, there's I'm a script. Tom just, Cruise was was attached to it. But. There's
2: some test footage. Did you see the? I haven't seen the test footage, footage, but I did see. Uh, cool. I did see
0: some of the uh, the the maquettes of the uh, like the giant penguins that they made mm. for it. That looked really cool. I love giant penguins. I love giant penguins. Sure. Yeah.
1: And if you want giant penguins, that's the story for you. There's only really pretty much just two stories for you that and with the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym. That's about mm-hmm. it.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, the, uh, I think that uh, there's a number of things. There's a lot of uh, like lost films as well. Many, you know, a huge, vast a swath of silent films. Especially don't exist with anymore. the
0: current streaming situation. Well, <laughs> no, that's, that's, for, there's, there's
1: deliberately unavailable films too. And there's like, but there's, there's stuff that like, the Marx Brothers made a silent movie that was never released at all. Mm-hmm. It was only screened, I think, once or twice, and they hated it so much that it was called "Humor Risk." And it was they they the story they always told was they hated it so much that they just destroyed it. But I always wonder if it survived somewhere. But here's what I'm going to say: all of this talk about projects that you, that didn't get made or that didn't get finished should be taken with a grain of salt because sometimes that project doesn't happen because it doesn't really have the strength. To stay alive. And I look you look at something like The Other Side of the Wind, which for years it was like, we'll never see Orson Wells' final lost masterpiece. And then they tried to patch it together. And admittedly, that you know, it's a it's a you know a monster of a thing. It's like sewn together out of bits. But like I was like, I can't wait to see this. And I finally started watching it. I couldn't get through like more than a few minutes of it. It was so like, and from everything that I've learned or heard about that movie, I don't think it was gonna be that much better in some ways. And ironically, the part of it that age is the best is the part where he's like parodying artsy European movies. And he has those like, the two characters just kind of wandering silently around a city and you're, and it's like, oh, this looks really cool. But that's (laughs) not the movie he was making. So I think sometimes these movies are better off living in our imaginations, you know, in that, in that Sandman library of all the books that were never written, you know, and things like that.
2: Well, let us move on to the last segment, which is to recommend movies that probably would be a better use of your time um, then 65. I'm gonna recommend a movie I saw a little while back. Uh, it has been divisive, but I I think I really enjoyed it. You know, I can see why it's not for everyone. And it Baby's is called Stay Out,
0: it's called <laughs> Martyrs, Bo
2: is Afraid. The uh, the mix
0: between those two, the most recent Ari Aster movie, a
2: very uh. A very black comedy uh, about a man who uh, is living in a world where seemingly every anxiety he could possibly have turns out to be true. Not in a way like, not in like a fantastical, like literal, like I'm having anxieties and they're coming true. But like that is the way to understand like
0: in, like it. Like evil tunes. <laughs> it has the same sort of
2: <laughs> mother exclamation point uh, stress dream logic. Um, but more of a sort of deadpan comedy than Mother is. Like Synecdoche, Uh, New York? Yeah, I would say it has a certain quality of that. Yeah, I I can, look, I can see why people don't necessarily want to watch a movie that's three hours of sort of uh, grueling anxiety, but with jokes. You lost me at three hours. And... (laughs) Particularly a movie that... If I'm going to
1: watch a three-hour movie, it better
2: be Red Beard, starring Toshiro Mafuni. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I mean, particularly a movie that, like, I understand at this point some people's thirst for a movie about a white man's angst is not what they... It's not something that they have a lot of. I get it. But uh, as an angsty white man who has a lot of anxieties, uh, I found it cathartic to watch and funny. Um and yeah, I like I would say that the last third of it is actually kind of the weakest part, which is a problem. You know, you want to walk out of a movie on a high, but there's a lot of great stuff in it. That's where those uh, microdose those gummies come in. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah if I was going to watch a 3-hour movie, I would watch what I'm assuming is the TV edit of Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm gonna recommend a movie that a uh, friend of the flop house, Jamel Bowie, described as a "men in meetings" movie. I'm gonna recommend Air a movie about a shoe. <laughs> it's very like, it was a little hard for me to get on board with a movie about a company succeeding, but they managed, <laughs> uh, it's, but at least it's, it's a company that stands for great values and treats its workers. Well, mm, right. But the, they managed to do a, they do a pretty interesting, uh, job of showing how the Michael Jordan, air Jordan deal, Pave the way for, uh, athletes getting more of a cut of, uh, products that they are endorsing, which is really cool. Specifically the whole like college athletes thing, which is still fucking insane to me that these fucking pieces of shit are taking advantage of, uh, college, uh, athletes. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot of fun performers, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, all these guys, Viola Davis gives some, you know, she puts in the work. She's incredible. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and the, having just seen, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and been a little bit like, oh man, these, these needle drops are a little on the nose. I felt that the needle drops, uh, in air are both kind of more on the nose, but I like them more. So I don't know. Uh, I'm a jerk. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you're inconsistent. Look, you contain, you contain multitudes. That's you know, the you thing. Yeah. You Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Um, so yeah, check out air. Why not? Uh, I'm going to
1: recommend also a movie, I guess, about a, a that that uh, feels a little weird in today's climate, but I'll explain why. Uh, but I enjoyed it a lot, and that's a movie called Park Row, which is a Samuel Fuller movie from 1952, starring Gene Evans, which is about the founding of a newspaper in the 1880s in New York, and this upstart newspaper that has to fight against the established newspapers, and it is super energetic. It's it's really fun. Uh, it's a little weird in that the it's in some ways about a man who just can't do what he wants because this rich woman is keeps trying to destroy him. That uh, at the same time, the kind of newspaper that he dreams of bringing into creation and that the movie is celebrating is like a newspaper that sets up stunts and then reports on them. So <laughs> it's not like he's not like he's not. I mean, the most pro- positive thing that they do is they is the campaign to raise money for a pedestal for the Statue of Liberty. But other than that, he's like, yeah, yeah, let's start a fight over there and then we'll report on the fight. So it's not like it's holding them to the highest journalistic <laughs> standards. Uh, but it's, but I'm a big fan of movies where like a group of people are getting together to. Accomplish something. And, uh, and this is all about that. The, the period aspect of it is really fun. It's set in the 1880s, but it's not stodgy at all. Like it's super, the characters are super alive, you know.
0: And it's set in the 80s. So it's got a lot of, uh, like a lot of piano key neckties and stuff. Yeah.
1: I know in the 1880s. Oh, so there's a, so yeah, yeah, 1880s. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, needle drops, but the needle drops are like, uh, I dream of Jeannie instead of with the
0: bright, with the,
1: with the soft brown hair and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, 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 guys actually, playing,
0: bit- guys playing music on what like kitchen, mm-hmm. kitchen instruments. I'm just
2: wild about Harry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And how yeah. Harry's also reciprocally wild. And by the about me. by the
1: reflexive property, Harry is yeah. also wild about me. Uh, the and it's just super fun. It's a Samuel Fuller movie, so it's like got a lot of brash energy and a lot of in your faceness And uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. So that's Park
0: Row. We did it, guys. We did it. We traveled 65 Another. million years into the past, Stuart. <laughs> And back again.
2: That's exactly what I was going to say. It's amazing. It's like a fucking Simpatico. mind link. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been doing this too long. Uh, but if you enjoy it, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you <laughs> for supporting us. Hey, if you if you're so inclined, why not give us a nice uh, a nice uh, re- review on iTunes? I'll, I you, I say this because I subscribe to a service that gives us our rankings on iTunes, but also rounds up the reviews. So unfortunately now I'm back to seeing reviews and we, we've we had a few uh, reviews that I would say were mad at us, not for the Ooh. show, but for political reasons. So if you want to counteract, uh, you know, bad trolls out there, uh, you know, why don't you as drop opposed a to nice the review? good trolls
1: who believe only in love and their long shiny hair and introducing mm-hmm. my children to the song Barracuda, which I appreciate, except because uh, I love that song, but I don't like that my younger son now first says, "I like that song Barracuda." It's from Trolls World Tour, and I go, "No, no, yeah. no, 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 no! It's not from Trolls World Tour. Mm-hmm. It's in so if Trolls if World Tour." So, you want
2: to support good trolls and uh, counteract bad trolls, maybe. Uh, leave us a good word and uh, go over to MaximumFun.org. Check out the other great podcasts on our network. Maximum Fun is what it's called. It has fun comedy and a culture podcasts. And thank you to Alex Smith, our producer. You can find him as HowlDotty on Twitter. Someone pointed out that the fact that I said that Howl is not spelled is not spelled like Howl, as in Howl's Moving Castle, was confusing because of the book. Howell's real name is Howell,
0: oh, it turns out. Oh. So is let's just
2: say that it is spelled Ho Well. Dottie. Just spell
1: it. Just say the letters. H O W E
2: L L. Well, I enjoy. <laughs> Why are kind we
1: dancing around architecture here? Let's dickering just, around.
0: <laughs> let's,
1: let's just spell the name. Take me on a take me on a trip, Dan. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> driving us around the neighborhood. Never you know? heard of
1: a shaggy dog spelling <laughs> I'm
2: before. I'm Trying to put you to sleep because you've been fussy all day, Stu. <laughs> uh, I get I get fucking fussy. <laughs> he, uh, does, he does
1: get fussy. Yeah.
2: But uh, thank you for listening for the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington.
1: I've been Elliot Kalin. Thank you for support of us and of the writer strike and all things good in the world. Of which those are two. Well, the strike's not. You know, it's not good. But the guy, what we're striking for is good. Go, taking us on a ride. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is my shaggy dog goodbye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> ah. <laughs>
2: wait waiting for the you've,
0: you've done it almost 400 yeah, no, times no, i was thrown, do it. Done, it. Off, done with my snack I was station. thrown off
2: by the almond squeaks okay
0: <laughs> this next hit is, comes from the
1: almond squeaks and it goes like this <laughs>
2: <laughs> it took on um, I laughed at, at the first part and then I laughed when I realized there was an actual tune being <laughs> <in the end>. <laughs> <laughs> okay